This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining me right now, someone who got to cover the uh, defending reigning league MVP last year. He covers the Ravens for WNST. In Baltimore, Luke Jones joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Luke, how are you doing today? Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. It's good to have you on the show. So I'm curious, Luke, what's the um, – hey, I got an echo on the line there, Ryan, just FYI. Um, what's, the, um, what's the honeymoon period like right now with Lamar Jackson? Is it still ongoing or is the pressure kind of amped up a little bit more this season? I think it's still much more honeymoon than pressure. Uh, I, I mean, if anything, there's the pressure that still maybe lingers going into last year. I mean, I mean replacing Joe Flacco and his rookie year where you know, we all remember how, how he fared against the Chargers where, I mean, he was just struggled so much in those first three quarters of that game. And you know, all the talk about, okay, can this kid pass? Uh, and be a prolific passer in the NFL, and you know, is, is he just a running back, a quarterback? You know, all, all the much of it nonsensical criticism you heard uh, about his game, considering what he did at Louisville as a passer, uh, despite his athleticism. Uh, but he comes in, you know, he throws 36 touchdowns, leads the league, leads the league in touchdown passes, sets an NFL single-season rushing record for a quarterback. The Ravens go 14 and two. Yeah, I mean, the playoff loss was incredibly disappointing, but I think if anyone goes back and looks at that, Lamar Jackson didn't play his best football, but I could probably give you five or six other reasons that I would state why the Ravens lost that football game before I got to him. Uh, So I I think there's still so much excitement about him, so much excitement about this football team. And, yeah, there's certainly a, a Super Bowl or bust mentality as far as this team needs to take the next step. But that's not to say that anyone's job is on the line or anything crazy like that. So, so I think there is far more opti- optimism, far more excitement. Uh, and, I mean, there's pressure, but no different than what Patrick Mahomes uh, has in Kansas City or, or, or any other uh, elite quarterback in the league. I, I think there's just so much more excitement, uh, certainly not a, a make-or-break kind of situation in anyone, uh, anyone's mind here in Baltimore. Yeah, there's got to be super excitement, I would imagine, for that. And I'm curious, Luke, um, Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator there. He got a lot of love last year for that offense, and he you know, feels like tailor-made for Lamar Jackson. What's the concern level, or how big a storyline is it, the adjustments that the league and the defensive coordinators are expected to make after now having a, a year and a half worth of film, but a year in that offense with Lamar Jackson? How, how big a storyline has that been, the league, Maybe you know, trying to find some some Achilles heels with this with this uh, Ravens offense. Well, I think when you're talking about any offense uh, that leads the league or sets records, things of that nature, you're always wondering, okay, how are they going to catch up to them? And, and certainly, the novelty of this, where you have a quarterback who ran for 1,200 yards, averaged just under seven yards per carry, uh, there's certainly a question of is there a way to quote figure this out? Although. 
Uh, I mean, again, you go back to the elite offenses, the elite quarterbacks year after year. You know, no one ever figured out Tom Brady. Yeah, you might beat him once in a while, or he might not win the Super Bowl every year, uh, but you never really solved him, so to speak. So I, I think each of the last two years, when you look at what happened, uh, I mentioned that Chargers playoff game his rookie year. They used a ton of, of seven defensive back defensive alignments, and everyone said, okay, well, the Chargers figured it out. Well, does every team have the personnel to play that way? And that's also assuming Lamar Jackson wasn't going to get better as a quarterback. So no one really figured it out over the course of last year. A couple teams had you know, some respectable efforts against the Ravens. Uh, and then you, you get to that Tennessee game where uh, they did do a nice job of crowding the box and trying to force Lamar to throw outside the numbers, which if there's a relative, and I stress relative weakness, uh, to him as a passer. It is making those plays on the outside, which you could say about a lot of quarterbacks. He's much better throwing over the middle of the field. Uh, but again, it, it's, I think it's whenever you make those arguments, you're just assuming that what the Ravens are going to do, they plateau and they're going to stay the same. Uh, I think you're going to see them uh, evolve quite a bit. They're still going to be uh, a run-first offense. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that should change, given the strength of their personnel. Uh, but you look uh, at what they're expecting from Marquise Brown, their second-year wide receiver. Uh, they drafted two more wide receivers. Uh, Hayden Hurst was traded, so maybe not quite as many two- and three-tight-end sets that they ran last year with, uh, of course, having the Pro Bowl tight end Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle, who's a little more of a blocking-minded tight end. So I, you know, I, I think we could see a little more 11 personnel from them, a little more th- uh, of three-wide looks, things of that nature. I do think they'll throw the ball a bit more than they did last year. Uh, but I, I think it's you, you, you can keep talking about how you're going to scheme up and figure things out, but you just have such a transcendent, unique individual at the quarterback position that you can try to uh, – all, all last year we heard about teams having a wide receiver or a running back playing scout team quarterback to, to try to simulate Lamar Jackson, and then you get to the <laughs> game, and guys are like, I, I didn't think he was that fast. <laughs> I mean, you could see it on tape, but to experience it – so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always the, you know, every, every great offense uh, in the history of the game, that there's always that narrative of trying to catch up. But uh, I think with, with the Ravens and what they're building here, uh, I think there's a, a sense that you look at the improvement from his rookie year to year two, and now year two to year three, uh, continuing to evolve. And maybe not the same dramatic jump that we saw from year one to year two, but, uh, but I get the sense the Ravens aren't just going to roll out the same game plan uh, that they did last year. Yeah, that's logical for sure. Luke Jones covers the Ravens. He joins me on CBS Sports Radio. Luke, I loved the draft that the Ravens had, especially the first four picks. Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Matabuike, and Devin Duvernay. How have these rookies looked in camp so far? They've looked good, and and I'll throw another one in there for you because uh, one of the big narratives, uh, one of the big storylines for this team is replacing their future Hall of Fame right guard, Marshall Yonda, who retired. Uh, Tyree Phillips, their third-round pick, who kind of started a little bit slow uh, out out of training camp, as you'd kind of expect a rookie without having OTAs and having this weird ramp-up period in training camp, but but he looks like he's got some momentum to potentially be the starting right guard. Yeah, that's not the sexy position, but that might be uh, you know, just as important as some of those other guys. But you know, Patrick Queen, the, the great LSU inside linebacker, Ravens' first-round pick, uh, he's going to start from day one. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, at this point, is going to be the backup to Mark Ingram, but as you watched this offense last year, everyone runs the ball. <laughs> I mean, basically yeah. every running back they have, 
that's active is going to run the ball. So I think Dobbins will, will slot in somewhere between Mark Ingram uh, and Gus Edwards, maybe take a couple carries away from Lamar Jackson in terms of thinking of his well-being long-term, trying to keep him healthy and upright. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of excitement there. And you, know, you mentioned Devin DuVernay. Uh, who you know, is not going to be a starting wide receiver from, from week one, but uh, he, he's got speed. and <laughs> you, you already have Marquise Brown in this offense, and I think they're going to find some ways to get the ball in, in his hands, whether you know, a jet sweep, you know, bubble screens, things of that nature. So I, I think there's excitement. I, I think there's, there needs to be some tempered uh, you know, op- optimism as far as, I think, rookies around the league. <laughs> just yeah. because of the circumstances, but uh, I think there is some optimism, certainly with Patrick Queen, and uh, like I said, the, the sleeper there might be Tyree Phillips uh, settling in and perhaps starting at right guard for the Ravens, which uh, is, oh, if there's a major question other than just the general question that we discussed about slowing down this offense, it is how to replace Marshall Yonda because he uh, is one of the all-time great players in Ravens history, uh, hung it up uh, this offseason. Luke Jones joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Luke, what was the Earl Thomas experience like? You know what? It's one of those things that I give the Ravens a lot of credit that they did such an outstanding job of keeping it in-house last year. I mean, as a beat reporter, you hear certain things off the record, scuttlebutt, rumors, things of that nature. Uh, Earl Thomas did have uh, a little bit of a a run-in with Brandon Williams after their Week 4 loss to Cleveland. Brandon Williams, their nose tackle, who uh, missed the game, uh, they got into a shouting match after the after the game. So, I mean, you definitely got the sense that maybe it wasn't the best fit, but they managed it well, well enough last year. And I mean, they went 14 and two, and their defense by the end of the year was as good as just about anyone's in the league, and that secondary especially. So, you know, I, I think there was hope that uh, you know, with this, with uh, an off season and coming in, and you know, having a year under his belt here in Baltimore, it would work out better. And, and clearly, that wasn't the case. It just it just never felt like he fit, and I, you know, I don't want to put all of that on him because I'm not privy to you know, one-on-one discussions he had with teammates or, or coaches or things of that nature. But you know, I, I certainly am shocked that it played out the way it did. That he didn't even get to his second season. But you know, looking at where he was as a player last year, which was good, but maybe not the Legion of Boom great Earl Thomas uh, that he was in Seattle, uh, and then some of the things you'd hear here and there. I did wonder if maybe after this year they would move on, but uh, to have the run-in that he did with Chuck Clark, their other starting safety, who is only a fourth-year player, but as respected as anyone in that locker room, keeps to himself quiet, professional, really smart football player, and to have that kind of blow up on the field, and then to, for players to basically say, look, this just isn't going to work, and, and that was very much a, a player-driven uh, kind of decision to, to, to talk to the coaching staff and, and say, we don't think this is tenable anymore. And I give the Ravens credit for you know, not buying into a sunk cost fallacy and just saying, hey, we've got to move on here. So, so I was certainly shocked to see it crumble as quickly as it did, but you know, anyone that was around the team last year, you know, there were at least a couple signs here or there that, that something was amiss. Luke Jones, WNST in Baltimore covers. Really appreciate you making time on a Sunday. Uh, get ready for week one, man. Enjoy the season. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's already here, but very much looking forward to it. Be well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.